One's from the trailer park, one's from the farm. Rings on their fingers, no babies on their arms. Taking life with a grain of salt and lime. Living, loving, laughing, we're having a good time. Nothing too deep won't tell you how to vote. Two stand-up comics with stories from the road. We're cutting up, really. All right, welcome back to the We're Having a Good Time podcast. <laughs> My name's Dusty Slay. Yes, it is. And you are? Hannah Hogan. Hannah Hogan. Uh, and we're here. Uh, this is a, uh, um, let's say it's Wednesday morning. It, it's Tuesday night, but let's pretend as though it's Wednesday morning. And uh, I'm leaving today. I'm drinking a coffee then, and I'm maybe a little cranky because it's the morning. Yeah, I mean, this is going to come out on Wednesday morning, so... Well, it's probably going to come out Wednesday afternoon. Yeah, who knows? Hannah will be editing it. (laughs) Yeah, maybe it'll come out Friday, you know what I mean? (laughs) But we're doing this. I'm about to leave. Uh, we uh, We haven't been anywhere. I came home from Montana, and we've been home since then. Yeah, we've been home together for a week, which is probably a record this year. Like nine days. Yeah, we've been together for nine days straight, and uh, that's not very common for us. And we we didn't really even fight with each other. Nah, nah, except for like a couple really intense spats for about, you know, five minutes. But then, you know, you move on and you just continue being married. Yeah, they weren't even that intense, though. No, they weren't. But I'm an intense person, so a lot of the things that I do are intense. Yeah, I mean, even the fun times are intense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they are. Because as uh, the new phrase that Hannah's kind of coined uh, for, for herself. I'll is, turn on a dime. Flip on a dime. Oh, yeah. What, uh, what you said. <laughs> I don't oh. even know my own catchphrase. Well, that's what she said to me last night. Oh, she, asked, <laughs> I, she asked me something, and I gave a response. And we were being so playful and fun, and then suddenly she got so serious. She was like, is it? Do I? Something like that. I think you called me pretty, and I'm like, no, I'm not. I said, you look really good. You were like, do I? (laughs) And I was like, well, don't get all serious on me all of a sudden. And then you're like, I'll flip on a dime. (laughs) And it was very funny. We laughed about it for a long time. Yeah, I said, I'll flip on a dime. And then we got in bed, and I started whispering in his ear like a really weird, creepy little girl. And I was like, I'll flip on a dime. I'll flip on a dime. I'll flip you. You better call heads or tails, because whichever one you get, I'm going to be the opposite. Yeah, it started off very fun. It got it really, really weird. Really He's, took a turn. He started to, like, shoo me away like I was some sort of, like, weird homeless lady. Then, like, get out of here. And then Hannah got a bunch of dimes and <laughs> put them in every room. That was today that I did that. <laughs> yeah, to remind me that she'll flip on a dime. <laughs> <laughs> That's how fun it is to be married to me, though. Like, look at the fun little things that I do every once in a while. Like, we were still, I brought, I, I called it back this morning because I was like, man, I was really crushing last night. And, and then I was like, you know what? We have these um, we have these jars of change that we have. So I went through rummaging. I found about twenty dimes. Don't tell people about our savings account around <laughs> the house. Okay. I, I found about twenty dimes, and I put several dimes all over the apartment in, in a couple in every room. So if he ever gives me grief, I just pull a dime and I give it to him. I said, "You better flip it because that's what's happening with me right now. I'm flipping on a dime." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Right now yeah. in this in this room right now that we're podcasting in, you know, there's several dimes and I know where they all are. So if you give me trouble, I'll flip on a dime. Yeah. I, I still haven't seen you f- flip on a dime. I'd love to see that. Like, you know, oh, I like, get the expression, but physically flip. But you know what I just realized? Hannah cooked some food for us tonight. Some squash yeah. and trout. And we had some rice. It's very good. Man, you know, I... And I just remembered... That I have some Ben and Jerry's in the freezer that I'm very excited to remember. Right All right, now. you want to wrap this podcast up? Yeah, I mean, I just was like, oh, I got a treat waiting on me. You do have a treat. You do have some ice cream. Uh, we've we've gotten back into our ice cream addiction because we had not fa- really. We had family over last week, yeah. and we we you know we were really treating ourselves to some uh, cuisine, but as that was they call it. Frozen yogurt is what we had. Yeah, but that's the ice cream family. It is like dogs and wolves, you know, frozen yogurt and dogs. And well, I would argue that uh, depending on what you're using a wolf or a dog for, the dog 
is much better. You know? I feel like it's like dogs and wolves, but, I mean, are we talking about something that will cuddle up next to you by the fire? Because I'll take a dog. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, you know, I bet if you raised a baby wolf, you could probably domesticate it. Um, I wouldn't trust it. Well, you wouldn't, but I would. I mean, but then I, again, I flip on a dime. <laughs> <laughs> I do really like the way wolves look. I like to look at them. I like to see them on TV. But I think that's part of the wolf for me is I wouldn't want to own a wolf because the 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 thing that makes the wolf um, something that I'm attracted to is that it's a wild animal. It, you cannot domesticate. You the like wolf. the feral energy of a wolf. Yeah, you. Can, I mean, it's like if I could pet the wolf, then the wolf wouldn't be what it is. Like even in the movie Dances with Wolves, does Kevin Costner ever touch that wolf? No. Nah. No, he doesn't. I don't know, but I don't think he does. <laughs> <laughs> He probably does, obviously. <laughs> There's probably some touching well, moment where but he touches the wolf. But does, doesn't the wolf die? No, the wolf is sort of the uh, the shepherd, his shepherd, and is sort of a, his uh, estranged friend, if you will. The wolf gets shot, though. Oh, I don't know. I, I think I the wolf gets shot. I those things out. I'm really think, good at blocking I out think trauma. The, I think the wolf Fictional gets sh- or non-fictional. Well, the point is that once you pet the wolf, it becomes not who it is. And then you're, it runs a risk of getting it killed or, or you getting killed. Yeah, that's why you don't make your side chick your wife. You know what I mean? Because that's <laughs> what she is. She's your side chick. You try to domesticate her and make her your, your baby mama. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, she's just cooking you squash and stuff. And you're like, this wasn't fun. <laughs> Actually, I love the squash. I'm into it. Yeah, and I was never your side chick. Come yeah, on. I mean, we all know I'm, I'm, I'm marriage material. I ain't no one's side chick. You better keep it real. All right, so we didn't go anywhere this weekend. No. We had uh, family in town. My sister and brother-in-law came to town. Yeah. Um, my sister... Uh, Raises, you know, raises her own kids and uh, hasn't been away on a trip like that uh, since f- away from both of the kids in 17 years. So, it yeah, a, so it was a big deal. It was a big deal. It was a big deal. And we didn't really do any adult activities like I thought we would. Like I thought we would go inside some of the bars in downtown Nashville and see some music. But when we were down there walking around, it just felt adequate enough to just see the bars from the outside. Because neither of them drink. I mean, my brother-in-law, he'll have a he'll have a, a you know a drink once in a while. And I'll have a drink once in a while when my husband's out of town. Right. Yeah, you get wild when I'm gone. Yeah. And but so we didn't go anywhere. We had a good time being here uh, with the family. That was very fun. And then. Uh. This weekend, we are going places. Where we've been, where we're going. Where they go. Where they've been. Where they go. Where, where they've been. Where we're going, where we've been. So, where we've been, nowhere. Where are we going? Hannah, where are you going this weekend? I'm going to Go Bananas in Cincinnati. Yep, and very I'm, fun. Yeah, fun I'm going to be with Jimmy Pardo. Cincinnati's fun. I like Ohio. Uh, a lot of people hate on Ohio, but I like it. They got a lot of cities there. I've done a lot of comedy there. I've and driven through Cincinnati countless times. I have driven through Cincinnati countless times, but I've never stopped there. I don't believe so. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. Well, the, it's a very rustic town. I like towns that have a lot of brick in it. St. Louis has a lot of brick in it. Cincinnati's. I mean, I don't like Cincinnati's. One of those kind of manufacturing towns, industry towns that are, you know, I guess it would probably be to people that live on coast the epitome of a flyover area. But honestly, driving through Cincinnati is pretty gorgeous. You know, they've got all these steel bridges um, over a huge river, and then there's it uh, is brick house, Victorian houses on hills. It's really I, quite scenic driving through it. I like a city where the interstate goes right through it. That way, even if you're not hanging in the town, you can just cruise through and look at it. Yeah, but there's some cities you, you drive through and there's not much to look at. But, you know, Cincinnati, I find, is a... Uh, uh, 19th century kind of look that looks cool. Yeah, I guess what I'm saying is I like a city that has something to look at that you drive right through. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? I mean, obviously, if there's nothing to look at, then there's no point. 
Yeah. yeah. No, but I'm saying some cities just don't have any flavor or look to right. them. I mean, they have buildings and they have, you know, whatever, but you're just like, blah. I'm trying well, to think of a city that Cincinnati looks Cincinnati like is so close to Columbia, Kentucky. Ohio so looks looks like that. There's not really much to Columbia. Columbus? Columbus, yeah. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Maybe you're right. I went to Columbus recently. I did NACA there. Yeah. Downtown, we walked around a little bit at night. It was, they had some nice restaurants. All right. So it's all right. All right. I see where you stand on Columbus, then. Columbus, Georgia. Uh, I like a lot of... I know people from Columbus, Georgia. I like a lot of them. And I had some good times in George, Columbus, Georgia. But my least favorite comedy venue <laughs> is in Columbus, Louisville Georgia. doesn't look really too great driving no. through it. I Actually, I like Louisville. I think it's cool. But I like uh, Louisville all right, too. Louisville just... It doesn't... I, I tell you what I don't like, and eye. I called them the other day. I wrote a, even wrote an, uh, a letter to the mayor... They talking trash, they talking smack, telling so many lies, I know they're full of crap. That's okay, hate is gonna hate. Uh-huh. I play at Stinky's Joke Barn with them any day. They, they, they talking trash. Of Louisville, because they have this, uh, not a letter, I wrote an email. They responded. Uh, I, I never got, I don't think I ever called the lady that they, anyway, they, you know, they passed the buck, but. They have this bridge. Now, this bridge, 65, runs right through Louisville and across into Indiana. And for a long time, this was just free. You just did this. You just continued on the path. And then one day, they built a new bridge, and suddenly it just caught. I don't think it costs to go into Indiana. It's when you come from Indiana back into Louisville. Costs you $4, right? And, and and it's not that big of a deal. Like, I paid tolls before. I've gotten over it. I've been through so many tolls that I'm like, at this point, I'm like, I don't like it, but what am I going to do? The problem with this toll is that they don't let you just pay it. You can't just pull up to the toll booth and pay it. You, you drive through, and then they just take a picture of your car, and they mail you a bill. So then you have to go online and pay this $4 bill. But if you don't do it in the amount of time that they've deemed necessary, it goes up to like $20. And then there's even some other imaginary time that they've created that I have to pay this, that it then goes up to $50. These are numbers I'm making up, but a $4 toll turns into this astronomical amount. And I get it, the idea is probably so that you have to pay the late fees so that they get it. I just don't see how it's legal. So I complained. I called the place. I, they ended up lowering my amount on the tolls, but I still had to pay a lot for for nothing. Uh, and then, so I emailed the mayor, and they were like, "Well, we don't really have anything to do with that. It's a it's a tie-in between Indiana and you, who you need to call is this lady." And you know, it's like but at, at this point, like I don't know what am I going to do? I'm going to call. I don't know, but I may call the lady. Now it's important to call that stuff out because that's just a pure scam. That's people betting on the laziness of its citizens and and then cashing in on the laziness or the busyness of right. its citizens. And it's a scam. It's pure tyranny, and it shouldn't go down. But a lot of people just will like, oh, pay it because it's you know four dollars here, and then you know if you pay it fast enough, you don't have to pay it. But then if you don't pay it. Right. And then you're just getting all these bills in the mail because I'm using a road? Are you right. kidding me? Because I use a road, I have to pay? And, 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 and no offense to Louisville, but it's like, I don't feel like I need to pay to come into your town. But if you are going to make me pay, just give me a little toll booth. That way I can roll right in, slip them a five, they give me back some Sacagawea uh, silver dollar, and then I can move along. That's what tolls you. Yeah, I mean, I remember when I was in Chicago in the, the fall, I mean, I was so annoying. You're constantly paying tolls in Chicago, but at least I'm paying them as I go. Right, and if you miss the toll, then you have to go online and pay it. Fine. Ir- still irritating, but but fine. I've accepted that level of toll. But this is what my real question is. What they'll tell you is I say, well, we, we, we have this toll so that we can help pay for this bridge that we've built, right? And I'm like, okay, fine. How close are we to paying off the bridge? Like, <laughs> can we can we get a number that shows us how close we are? I mean, when do we pay it off? And finally, you guys go, okay, cool. Thanks for helping us pay off the bridge. Now you no longer have to pay the toll anymore. You know, that's yeah. what I want to know. 
Yeah, I mean, pretty much every time, every week, I get a Riverlinks bill. Yeah, I have so many. Yeah, Riverlinks. Yeah, Riverlinks. Anytime we travel north, we'll, we go through Louis because it's only two hours north of Nashville. And, and this is what the lady. This is what the lady says to me on the, She goes, "Well, there's several signs letting you know that there's a toll up ahead." And I'm like, "Yeah, I bet there is." Yeah, I'm not. To, I'm not about to take a 40 minute detour. Yeah, this is the interstate we're talking. This is designed to make things easier. Now. I mean, again, there's some states, Illinois, you know, they're going to have a lot of tolls. New York, they're going to have a lot of tolls. Florida has a lot of tolls. There's some states that you just come to accept that they have these tolls. And to be honest with you, the toll is not even that big of a deal. The $4, but, you know, but don't create this number all of a sudden that I have to pay because I didn't. It's like, all right, this is my thought. If I told you, hey, I'm going to pay this toll, and uh, and I'll, I, I don't know. Let's forget it. The analogy is going to be terrible. But the point is, don't <laughs> don't ch- tack on the late fees. You weren't expecting you gotta the money. you got to pay the toll troll if you're going to pay yeah. the toll. <laughs> but that's that's a lot. But you're going, So you're going to Cincinnati, Ohio to go bananas this weekend. You're going to yeah. be with Jimmy Pardo. Very fun. I'm going to L.A. Uh, I'm going um, uh, tomorrow. Uh, and by the time you're hearing this, I'll probably be in L.A. already. But I'll be at uh, tomorrow night, the 15th, I'll be at the Ontario Improv. I'll be featuring for the Smash Brothers. Uh, at a, it's called The Dirty Show. So uh, I'm going to, I don't know. I don't think I'm going to get dirty, but uh, we're going to have a good time. I'll do some keep me coming jokes you know what i mean well and, uh, but remember me and you were dirtying up your jokes the other night all you have to do is yeah. add an f word in between oh, yeah. every other word totally it's actually pretty easy to be dirty <laughs> yeah and then uh well that's what i've been telling people recently is that you know if they if they, if they ask me how, what's some advice on getting started this is what i say self-care tips taking care of you and I know I say this kind of stuff all the time, so it doesn't matter. But I say, start by being clean. This is why. Because if you can get laughs by being clean, then, then you learn to write jokes. And then later, if you want to be dirty, you already have this great uh, uh, grid or whatever, skeleton structure that you've built. Repertoire? No, no, no. I mean, like, you have, like, you know, if you're building a house, you have the whatever, the frame, the foundation. You already have that built. Now you just add some flair to it. Add some cuss words if you want. Have a good time. But if, if if you're building the joke around the laugh being the cuss word, then that's all the joke is. Does that make sense? Right on, bro. So then the 16th, I'll be at Levity Live in Oxnard, California. Uh, the 17th, I'll be at the Comedy and Magic Comedy Club. I don't know. I probably have that wrong. But all this info is on my website, DustySlay.com. That'll be in... Uh, uh, do you remember where that was at? Where? Pasadena? That, Pasadena, yes. So I have that on the 17th, and then the Ice House at 10 p.m. Oh, on the maybe 17th. the Ice House is in Pasadena. I think the Ice House is in Pasadena. Either way, it's all on my website, and maybe you know some of these things. And then the 18th, I'm going to do four shows. I'm going to be at Comedy and Magic at 6 p.m. and 8 p.m. I'm going to do the Gundo Comedy Fest at 7 p.m., and then I'll be the Hollywood Improv Midnight. So, it's going to be a long day. That's fun. Yeah, it is fun. It's going to be a long day for me. And then the 21st, I'm doing the Blair and Greta show, and then the 22nd, I'll be headlining at the Irvine Improv. Two headlining shows are the Irvine Improv and Levity Live Oxnard. So if you're out in California and you want to see me do comedy... Um, I'm just looking up a song because there's a song about L.A. that I love and I just wanted to play it. Yeah, so if if you're out in, a, in, in California and you've been wanting to see me do comedy, come out. I'd love for you to. We're going to have a good time. It's going to be exciting. Uh, so while my family is in town, this will be – we haven't done a food on the road segment in a while. Uh, so while my family was here, we went to this place called the Loveless Cafe here in Nashville. And yeah, I'll, we did. I'm just trying to see if this is it. Yeah, let's see it. In New York City. Yeah, this is it. This is Randy Newman. This 
This is where my husband about to be. about to kick up. Oh, where are you about to go? Hell yeah. <laughs> I love this song. I love LA. Is that enough? Yeah, I think so. Right. I haven't heard anything about LA yet in this song. Well, it's the chorus. Oh, okay. Well, let's get to keep, the chorus. Keep, keep it there, though, because I'm going to bring it back later. All right. Just wait for it. Trust me, it's worth it. I, I feel well, like our well, listeners are kicking it up right yeah, now. Well, let them listen. When's the chorus Wait, come? Right now. Okay. I love LA. I love LA. All right. <laughs> it feels like um, my first time that I went to LA. Like I don't know, in 2012. I don't even know. Yeah, that was my first time. Uh, <laughs> I just played that song riding my bicycle around Hollywood. Oh. <laughs> I love LA. <laughs> <laughs> This is before Uber, folks, but I had a bicycle, and I was listening to Randy Newman. So, you know, I fit in pretty well. Well, um, this is my L.A. song. Some bitches always bored me. Throw out them L.A. papers and that bags of vanilla wafers. Adios to all this concrete. Gonna give me some dirt road back street. I can just get off of this L.A. freeway without getting killed a car. <laughs> that's fun who's that that's guy clark la freeway okay uh, well play yourself some brandon newman while you're in los angeles yeah don't I forget will. your wife i will i mean i'm excited uh i like i like that i'm going i'm i'm excited to be there and have fun i'll be hanging with my roommate danny green hopefully see some of my other charleston buddies evan burke maybe i see my friend andy Ryder. yeah taylor rizzo we'll have a good time yeah that's fun, Dusty. Yeah. So you're going to L.A. And, I, and then we were talking about movies? Were we well, uh, I was going to talk about the, the Loveless Cafe. Okay, so we had your uh, sister and her husband. My sister husband, and brother-in-law my came up. I said, boo, on the road. Boo, on the road. And we went down to the Loveless Cafe, which is, I think, a pretty touristy restaurant here in town. It's like, it remind, it's like the Hyman's of Nashville to me, where the food's good. But there's always a wait, and it feels like um, feels like a touristy spot. They got celebrity pictures on the wall. It's got a cool story, though. I mean, it's 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 on the outside of Nashville. It's not even close to downtown. It's on like Highway 70 or something like that. And and it started in 1950. Just this lady would just start cooking for travelers on the Lonesome Highway, and word got around that she had some really good cooking. So she decided to kind of open it up into a mini restaurant. And then more and more people started coming, so then she opened up a motel, and then it became the Loveless Cafe slash motel, and now it's just a bona fide, uh, you know, staple of Nashville. Uh, but it's been around a long time, and it's really good Southern cooking. Oh, such good biscuits. It was very good. I really enjoyed it. The food was delicious. I really enjoyed it. The uh, But I wanted to say, what you were telling me about the story made me think, Hyman's has a story, too. And Hyman's Seafood Company, right? That's what it's called. And used to be way back in the day, they had a, a TV uh, on the street. Like, it was behind a window, but they had a speaker to where you could hear it. And, and they were always playing a video with the history of Hyman's and how it got started. And it was owned by brothers Aaron and Eli Hyman. And so they would be on there talking about it. 
But uh, late at night, we'd be leaving the bars. You'd leave the bar at like 2 a.m. or even later, and you're walking down that street, and there's no one else on the street, and all you're hearing is that Hyman's video just wow. going in the middle of the night. And that story was, if I could remember it right, it started out in 1890, their grandfather owned a dry good business in 1890 at that building. And then they inherited the business later. They decided that there was more money in food than there was in dry goods. So voila, that's what they said. What exactly is dry goods? Like they made tiles and, and, and stuff like that and clothes. Oh, and yeah. Something like that. Textiles. Textiles. So it used to Back be. Back when America used to produce its own products. Yeah, yeah. So it used to be. Uh, that kind of building, they moved that somewhere else. So I, I, my, I think the Hyman. Imagine the real estate to that place, Hyman's though, right there. Is that on King Street? My understanding, and I have no idea, but I think they own that whole block. Yeah, that's pretty. That's quite a dynasty. Where Sticky Fingers is at, I think we should open a comedy club there. So you do know? I. I. I have a great. I won't give. Away, I'm not giving away my idea for a name, but I have a great name. If we opened it, we would need Eli to come in with us and uh, and and open a comedy club. But I have a, I have a name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. Yeah, Dusty's Comedy Club. I, no, no, it's much funnier than that. <laughs> I'm not giving it away. Yeah, but I mean, when I say Dusty's Comedy Club, it's not funny. But then you get to just say whatever you want with your voice, and it's somehow like very funny. No, I mean that's not funny because there's no joke there. Oh, oh, Dusty's okay. Comedy. Thank you. Thank yeah, you for breaking I mean, that down. For me. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's not got nothing to do. Oh, with is the that voice. why it's not funny? Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah, don't blame it on your voice. Well. Fine, I'll blame it on the patriarchy. Is that better? <laughs> yeah. So tell us what what your catchphrase. So, so loveless is a lot of food we really eat. And what did you say about it? Uh, I said, well, we went one day and it was so good we went back two days in a row. And then the second day in a row didn't do us well. And I said, loveless cafe leaves us lifeless. Loveless leaves us lifeless. Loveless leaves us lifeless. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not came up with that by myself. Right. You can't remember it, but you came up with it. <laughs> I can't remember everything I said. I, I said my own, I flip on a dime wrong, too. I said I turn on a dime when yeah. I said it the first time in this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So that was fun, though. It was very good. A lot of food. Hyman's, there's so many parallels. I mean, there's celebrities on the wall, but in Hyman's, they bring hush puppies to you or boiled peanuts. Loveless Cafe, they bring you biscuits. Oh, girl. Let me break it down for y'all on this podcast. Let me tell you about these biscuits. Now, I love biscuits. Biscuits, I just, I love bread. I love a heavy carb. I love a bread. I love a butter. And I also love a jam on a bread. But when you get some hot little crispy little biscuits coming out hot and they just give you unlimited biscuits, think Red Lobster, but better, plus butter and jam. And they just keep bringing them. Real? I mean, you fill up on biscuits, and you don't even regret it. They use you real, can't stop eating the biscuits. Real butter and the jam is great. Oh yeah, real butter. I mean, it's not not a not <sighs> a not a uh, whatever kind of margarine press. And I broke it down to Dusty's sister. Dusty's very close to his sister, and his sister's about twelve years older than you. Yeah, um, eleven. Eleven years old. So I broke it down to her. I said, "Look, I'm going to tell you something about your brother, and it might change the way you look at him, but when." Your brother and I first got together. He denied me biscuits. He, I would always, you know, we'd be at a restaurant together. I'd want to take some biscuits home and just no. be like, you can't take biscuits home. No one takes biscuits. Who, they're just biscuits. And I, and he didn't understand that well, I'm from me, Canada first, and we don't first, have any biscuit culture let, in let Canada. Me, but, and before, you, before you very, give away the whole story, let me correct some things. I mean, you're going, you're going, you're giving away the whole story already. I don't. I mean, the point is, we went to. a story. There is a story. We went to one restaurant in Canada. And you wanted to take the biscuits to go. And I was like, you know, why are you taking biscuits? I was like, it's going to get all hard. It's not going to be good. Biscuits are everywhere. What I didn't realize is that in Canada. There's no biscuits. Right. Closest we have are scones. And that's British culture. Right. So had I known that it was some great delicacy, because I'm from the south, there's biscuits on the street corner, you know? Yeah. You can get biscuits anywhere you want. Yeah, you, you know, someone coughs and they cough off a biscuit. I think I still think Hardee's or Bojangles is some of the best biscuits around, and that's a fast food place. And let me tell you this. I've never eaten at Hardee's. I've never eaten at Bojangles. You have eaten at Bojangles. Well, maybe, maybe you a know. A drive-thru. Maybe recently. We went through there and got you a biscuit. But we were also talking about there's a lot of American culture I haven't had that you take for granted. And so when I want to have a little bit of a biscuit, you're like, nah, no biscuit for you, wife. Get back in the car. You eat. You well, eat, yeah, you I mean, eat, if I tell grits. you to get back in the car, you get back in the car. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. 
But, I mean, it's just... So, you know, I told his sister about that. We yelled at Dusty, and we also, you know, gave Dusty a, a hard time about his crazy driving. They really yelled at me about my driving. And I'll be honest with you, I'm about tired of people criticizing my driving. I drove... Hundreds of thousands of miles uh, across the country, uh, and I'm fine. Yeah. and But yet everybody gets in the car and wants to tell. I got more experience driving than most everyone riding with me in my car, but everyone wants to tell me how to drive. Well, that's because we're terrified in the car with you. So well, it's we fine. We can't help but say, please slow down, sir. It's fine to be terrified, but you got to, you know— you you have to you know realize that there's some also some excitement in terror. It's, it's fun being around the in laws because sometimes one of the main ways you bond with your with your in laws is you know mutually you know ganging up on the person that ties you together. And in this case, it's Dusty. So I I was having some really strong bonding with Dusty's sister by you know telling Dusty the things he needs to change about himself it was fun well I think the interesting thing is that Rob really enjoyed it because I think me and it was the opposite for us me and Trisha really bonded over harassing Rob a lot yeah and now you understand what it's like yeah I don't I don't, I don't get into it as much I'm, yeah you don't like it so I'm looking forward to their next visit so we had a good time though so all right so let's talk about this I got a couple of things I got a couple of things happening I, I just created a video about my trip to Montana it's on my YouTube uh, I spent a lot of time creating that far more time than I think the product actually uh, resembles <laughs> you know what I mean like it's silly I like a silly thing though I got some green screen action in there and I'm just doing some weird stuff but I'm showing you a little landscape of, of my trip through Montana and showing you a little comedy a little of my crowd work out there and uh, well I don't know a little bit and so that's on YouTube on my channel Dusty Slate and then uh, the 16th, I think that is Thursday, my Comedy Central video is coming out. I did a, I don't know how much they'll use. Uh, I hope it's good. And uh, I enjoyed it when I filmed it. And people told me that it was good. So I don't know how much they'll use. It's going to be great. And recorded, so look out for that on Thursday. I recorded eight minutes. Yeah, it is going to be great. But I'm just saying, it's always weird to you know, kind of promote something that you don't know what the finished product looks like. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, the show went well. I feel good. People came up to me. They said, great set. I said, thank you. You know, so I feel good about it. I'm excited. It's coming. So that'll be out on Thursday. Be on the lookout for that. If you're not following me on social media, do it if you'd like, and that's how you can find out about these things. And uh, uh, Hannah wanted to talk about something. Uh, Why don't you fill us in on... What you had told me right before. Story time with Dusty and Hannah. You know, because I'm a wife. I don't know if you guys know this. I'm married. I'm a wife now. And sometimes I think about, you know, what it is to be a wife and how I'm doing as a wife. And, and uh, you know, sometimes it's clear. Sometimes it's obvious. Sometimes it's not. But there's a, there's a certain kind of wife uh, that really captivates my mind, and that is the estranged wife. You ever hear that term, estranged, estranged husband? Carol's estranged husband. Malcolm's estranged wife. Like, wh- whenever I hear about someone's estranged partner, I, I'm instantly captivated. It's so mysterious. Like, ooh. They're not separated. They're not divorced. They're just estranged. What does that even mean? Like, are they lost in the jungle somewhere? Did he just go out to get some groceries and never come back? Are they still on good terms? Are they talking? Are they not talking? I mean, I would love, as much as I I like being in a relationship with Dusty, I'd love to actually be your estranged wife for a little bit. What's a estranged wife mean, you think? Well, to me... If I were to try to be an estranged wife, I would just, I'd be like, hey, Dusty, I'm going to Cincinnati this weekend. But then I would just go to Canada and not come back. Yeah. And I would, I would go up to Canada. You know, I like, I like that Neil Young there. I would go up to Canada and you'd call me and you'd be like, you coming back? I'm like, yeah, I just thought I'd go up and visit my dad for a bit. 
And then uh, you think that's what estranged means to mean like you're together, you're not going to get divorced, but you're the the love is gone. Really, and maybe not even the love's gone, but you're just like I'm doing whatever, you're doing whatever. When we see each other, we see each other. Well, to me, it means that the union has been broken, but. N- not officially. The union's been broken, but not the commitment to each other. Or even, or maybe it doesn't. That's why it's such a intriguing term because it really can mean anything. It can mean, it can just mean they're going through a rough patch. I mean, I remember I heard in the 1970s, Yoko Ono said that like John Lennon, her husband, needed to just go be with other women in Los Angeles. So he just like left her for a year or two and had a another girlfriend in Los Angeles. They were still married and in love with each other, but she was like, My husband needs to have relationships with other women, so I let him go. So, you know, so technically he was estranged to her, but they were still together. That could be estranged. And then, and then he, you know, he got his his kicks in, and then he went back and got together with Ono, and then a couple of years later, he got shot on the street. But, you know, it's you know, he was estranged, and they got back together. I mean, estranged can mean you get back together. Estranged could mean you never get back together. But you take off the e, and just strange is what they'll call it when you hook up with someone uh, after you get out of a relationship. They'll say, "I need to get some strange." <laughs> what? Have you never heard that? No. Oh. What? It's like when, yeah, I mean, if you've been in a relationship for a long time and you've been dating one person, you've been with them, and then you guys break up, you go out and a guy will say, I need to get some strange. You mean some different woman? Yeah. Oh. Get some strange. Ew. Gross. Men are gross. <laughs> That's what they'll say. Get some strange. But, but, but so, but, so this this conversation has led led me down the path of... What life was like in the '90s, per se? It's like, uh, and 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 back '90s and back. It's like, right now we could look up what a estranged wife means, where the term comes from, what it really means, and then we would know the answer. But we're not using the brain power that it takes to figure out what we believe estranged means. In the '90s, that's what it was. There was nowhere to go look it up. You could look in a dictionary, but depending on what date the dictionary was, that date might that definition might not even be current. Words change. Yeah, and it's almost more fun with this particular sentiment to to not you know just simplify it by a Google search. It's, right. it's more fun when when you hear on the news Malcolm's estranged wife for you to just kind of pause pause the computer or pause the TV and just think, wow, what does that even mean? It does the brain good to ponder things, to think about things, to say, what, you know, what does this mean? What does it mean to me? How, you know, instead of just going right to our phones, pulling it up and going, oh, you know what? The definition of estranged wife is blah, 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 blah. But to me, too, the term estranged wife is something one bestows on another person you like if 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 all of a sudden i just ran away to canada and didn't come back people be like where's hannah you'd be like i don't know she's my estranged wife it would be more like someone else says dusty has an estranged wife you know you don't say that about your own wife you just be like i don't know that bitch left like you just, but you know? is but is estranged that kind of feeling and emotion? Do you feel that way about the person if you're estranged, or are you just kind of like you know what we've drifted apart, uh, and we're just kind of <laughs> it's like she's here, she's there. I mean that's that's a good question. Perhaps you could be estranged and even still live with each other, or maybe I think that's maybe more more to the point. Maybe isn't it? you break up, you separate, you go your separate ways, but you'd never actually do the divorce. I mean, think about that, though. Think about living with someone and you're like, you know, the, the marriage is dead, the love is gone, but you're just kind of two roommates living in a house together and you're basically estranged to each other. You don't know one another anymore. Maybe that's what estranged means. Like, you don't know one another anymore. And you and it's like you're strangers. Yeah, you're strangers. That's what it is. You're married to someone, but you're strangers. Wow. I'd love to be an estranged wife. I feel like that totally fits my brand. I would love to just... I mean, I just feel like that's that would be my ultimate wife mode. Here we just go. Just an estranged this is wife. Now 
Yeah, acting like strangers. Yeah, we really could have just, you know, broken down the uh, epitomology of it. Is that it? I don't know. E- etymology of it? No idea. The t- telegraphy of it? The word, the word science of it. What Breaking down a word into, the, like, it's Greek or Latin form or whatever. Yeah, e-strange. E-strange. Strange. That's, that makes me sad, though, because I bet there's, like, probably more relationships that in, are estranged in the and 90s, people living together that happy. In the 90s, the person that was just deemed the smartest one would be the one who had the right answer, right? You just go get an older person and say, I bet they know. Let's go ask them. And whatever they said would be what you now believed it to be. Yeah. Like, Way stations on the highway. If a way station is open, a truck has to pull in and they have to get their truck weighed, right? But if a way station's closed, they can pass right on by. And it's I think it's a hassle for trucks to have to stop and get weighed. So one day my and my uncle's been a truck driver, a lot of truck drivers in the family. My I was riding with my mom and my mom saw one of those way stations and it said closed and she said, Oh, I bet those truckers hate that. Right. So, you know, I just thought that that it was bad that the truckers uh, I just thought it was bad. Like I'm, I'm losing the connection here of truck drivers with estranged. Well, follow the story. Well, OK. So so now <laughs> I believe that that it's bad when it's closed. If you're a truck driver, it's bad when the way station's closed. So I was riding one day with my dad down the interstate, and I saw a way station that was closed, and I said, oh, I bet those truckers hate that. And my dad was like, no, that's actually great for them. They get to just keep going. They don't have to stop and get their truck weighed. And I was like, hmm. And I thought that my mom was wrong, but I realize now that my mom was being sarcastic, right? Mm -hmm. So the point is that we can just hear things, and then we now believe those, whether it's right or not, and that's what life was like back then. It's not anything to do with estranged, but it's it's the idea of that... Your perception of something or what you believe to be true can be shattered in an instant. Right, when we don't have constant information at our fingertips. But at the same time... My life was fine. It didn't ruin anything for me to learn this about the truck stop. Well, I think it's a bit delusional to think that when you Google something that, oh, you've just Wikipedia'd it. Now you know. Like, there's so many facts that are not uh, true or there's a lot of revisionist history. You know, fake news. (laughs) I mean, at this point, there there, there legitimately is fake news. There is a lot of it. So it's like... It's almost like we have the dark ages now, well, but because we have too much information. Yeah, even a lot of our mainstream media, honestly, is is just, I don't think they're wrong. I just think they're dishonest with us. It's very strange. It's very strange how much information is out there and how wrong people have been consistently, and yet, uh, well, the ratings are plummeting. We, I think that's a lot of it. I think that news outlets and magazines and uh, television is so desperate to keep its viewers that it just espouts any yeah. views that'll I, just keep I heard, people tuned in. I saw a video of Denzel Washington today. He was saying that the problem with the news now is that it's more important to be first than it is to be right. Mm-hmm. So you're breaking the story and you don't care whether it's right or not. Advice so, uh, all right, so then I want to talk about, uh, we don't have a lot of time. We're going to end this. Uh, let's do the advice to comic section. I have a little advice because I just want, it, it won't take long, but I just, I feel like sometimes, and maybe we've talked about this before, but I feel like sometimes that, you know, an audience member will see, you know, uh, a feature or a headline and they'll say to the feature, oh, you are better than the headliner. You should be headlining, right? And it's like, uh, people would tell me that once in a while when I featured and, you know, I would, it would always, I would always, it would always be nice that they said it to me, but it's like the fact that that other person is headlining is not keeping me from headlining. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm there. A lot of times I'd be featuring with someone because they asked for me or because I got booked as a feature The the club wasn't like, oh man, we'd let you headline this weekend. But 
John Lovitz wanted it and we got to do what he says. It's like, no, John Lovitz has earned it, right? So I just, my advice to people is that no one is standing in your way. No, if you want to do something, you got to go do it. You got to practice. You got to work hard. Some things will come easier to other than to some people than it will to you uh, or to someone you know. But if you want something, you got to go do it. Now, that being said, uh, I've seen people come to open mics over the years, and they would be very successful in other aspects of their life, but they would want to try comedy. And then they would come out, and they would be mediocre to not good at it. And then at some point, it would almost seem like this person, like, you know, I've seen guys that have very successful jobs. I think one guy, uh, uh, I don't know, I don't even want to say, but but then they're just not that good at comedy. And it seems like they're almost like a failure. And it's like, no, you're not a failure. Comedy just may not be your thing. So it's like, um, you know, just because, I don't know, I just feel like that. there's a lot of people that just get mad about people getting booked at places and they're like, because this person's booked, I'm not getting booked. And so my point is just that if you want to do it, it's just time and effort. And that's all it is, time and effort and just work hard. But, it, you know, and I don't know, does that make sense? Yeah. All I'm trying to do is be motivating and let people know that it's, it, other people aren't standing in your way. You're only and that that doesn't just apply to comedy. That's with anything. If you if you want to be something, you just got to go do it. Like and it doesn't mean it's going to happen overnight. You don't go. Uh, I want to be that, and then suddenly you're that. It takes time and and things also evolve. I had a friend. He moved to Chicago uh, to pursue comedy, and then he got to to Chicago. He did a few things. He had a good time, but then he got into, he started working at this brewery and then he started doing these brewery tours and he really got into it and he loved doing these brewery tours. And when I saw him, it had been years and I felt like because I was doing comedy and he was now doing these brewery tours, I felt like that he almost was apologizing to me uh, for not doing comedy. He made excuses for not doing comedy. And I'm like, dude, you got to do what you want to do in your life that makes you happy. And comedy led you to this place. And now you found a job and a career that you really like. And I'm like, do that. You know, do that thing. Does that make sense? Yeah. All right. So that's my that's my motivation for anyone and talking point or whatever. You know, it's like if you want to do something, just do it. You know what I mean? That's great. This is a fun podcast. Is it? Yeah, I would like to. I would like to talk about these uh, these two movies. No. Yo, I did it! I did it! Great Scott! My restless. All right. All right. Let's just talk about the one. Let's talk <laughs> about. Let's talk about Creed two. And the reason I want to talk about Creed two is because you've seen all the Rocky movies except for Rocky six, where he. Comes out of retirement, yeah, and and then Creed two, yeah. I was disappointed. I've been very disappointed with the Creed series of anything after Rocky four. Actually, Rocky six wasn't so bad, but Rocky five, Creed, Creed two, big letdowns for me. And a lot of people really like them. So, and and that's something that I don't understand. I like Michael B. Jordan. I, I think he's fun. I like, I don't know if he's fun, but I like him. And uh, so I want to like these movies. But there's something about them that just, it doesn't have the heart for me. Like Rocky was this poor guy growing up. Uh, you know, he, was, he, he, he didn't seem very smart. And he, he was, you know, he's dating a woman who, who wasn't, you know, she was attractive, but she wasn't so attractive. And she worked in a pet store and she also, yeah. And she also didn't seem very smart and they were both poor. They both seemed to have no future, no communication skills. And, uh, and then this guy goes on to achieve things like he doesn't win at the end, but he achieved so much that it felt like a win. But with Creed, I mean, you know, sure, his dad was, you know, cheating on his mom, and that's how he he got brought up. But his his uh, you know his stepmom basically adopted him. You know the the, the and, and he, he had a lot of money. 
The real harrowing story is the producers of the Rocky franchise trying to come up with another rags to riches story to keep making money on the Rocky franchise. I mean, that's the real but that's the thing, though. Rob is like, how do they keep coming up with storylines and keep beating this classic first film to death? <laughs> that's the real heartbreaker is how do they just keep making money off of this when they haven't had good movies in decades? But they, I don't know that they're really making that much money off them. I watched it on an airplane. Uh, but it's not a good, it's not a rags to riches thing anymore. In fact, in Creed Two, it's the Russian that he fought in Rocky Four. It's his son, right? So, but but the the Russian and his son, they're poor. They're living in in Ukraine now, and they have no money. They're, the wife left them. All they do, all he does, is train to box, and it's like. Well, that's the guy I feel sorry for. Creed is the heavyweight champion. He's already had the money. He's got he's got himself a, a girlfriend, fiance, wife, and uh, she makes music. She's very good at music. They have a you know they have an opportunity to make a lot of money just doing that. I mean, everything is going right in their life, and everything is going wrong in this Russian's life. And you feel I feel sorry for them. And then on top of that, like they're treating this like Ivan Drago in Rocky IV killed uh, killed Apollo Creed on purpose. Apo- Ivan Drago came to America. He wanted to fight the champion. The champion was Rocky. Apollo was like, no, I want to fight him. Rocky was like, don't do it. You've been retired for a while. And he's like, nah, I want to do it. And then he got in there. And even Ivan Drago was like, I don't want to fight this guy. I want to fight the champion. I've come here to win the title. But if I have to fight him, I will. And they were like, well, you have to fight him. So then Apollo's like, he's getting beat up real bad. And Rocky's like, I want to throw the towel in for you. And he's like, don't throw the towel. No matter what what don't and then he gets punched so much that he dies this is not ivan drago's fault Mm. but one might say it was even rocky's fault yeah but he's painted to be this super villain because he did this it's sad that apollo creed died i liked him i'm glad he popped up in happy gilmore as chubbs uh because i like him but uh are you okay yeah, but but this is what bothers me. Ivan Drago shows up to visit Rocky. Rocky now owns a restaurant. He has a lot of pictures on the wall of boxers, and Ivan Drago sitting down. And I expected that when Rocky walks in and sees it's Ivan Drago, he'll say, "Oh, it's so good to see you. Remember we had that fight, and then at the end of the fight, Russia and America came together for a moment. Remember that?" But no, it was it was very tense and Ivan Drago was like you have a lot of good pictures on the wall I noticed you don't have any of me and that made me sad because Ivan Drago you know he changed during that fight and he liked Rocky at the end he changed he said if I can change we can all change maybe either he said it or Rocky said it I don't remember who said it but it's like that gets said and then Rocky can't put up a picture of Ivan Drago on his wall. And then I thought what would be a good wrap-up at the end of the movie is that if you saw Rocky hanging up a picture of Ivan Drago. You know what? You should write a letter to the mayor of Hollywood. (laughs) And you should say, hey, I don't know why you keep doing this to these Creed movies. I pay good money to come see these Creed movies. When are these Creed movies going to be finished to my satisfaction? This is how I think Creed could have been a better series altogether. Is at the beginning, instead of him being adopted by Apollo Creed's wife, he grows up in an orphanage or grows up with a poor family, poor mom, and his mom tells him one day, Apollo Creed, that's your dad. Well, I'm glad that you spent your uh, intellectual capacity on this issue instead of thinking about, you know, how to feed the the world's starving or how to, uh, you know, help help bring people together in the no, world. That's You're really not figuring out how to really amend the plot of this movie. Well, I'm, I'm I feel like I'm more equipped to write the plot of a movie than to feed the world's hungry. Well, <laughs> it's not really in my wheelhouse to uh, feed the world's hungry. 
Okay. Well, if you got a wheelhouse and you, <laughs> sounds like you got some equipment that you could use to maybe harvest some food. I do got a new toolbox. My wife bought me a toolbox for my birthday because my birthday is May 18th, Saturday, May 18th. Yeah, I got you a toolbox. My wife got me a toolbox because I had all my tools in a shoebox. I love it when you just call me your wife. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We don't know who she is, but... Yeah. My estranged wife. You know, here's a tip to married men. This is what I noticed when I was single. Uh, I remember one time I was with a guy, uh, not with him, but I spent a lot of time around him. I swear, I spent a, at least a year and a half around him, and I never found out his wife's name because he always just said, my wife. I never knew what his wife's name was. It's really off-putting when a guy just constantly refers to his wife as that. Like, just use her name. My wife, Emily. You know? <laughs> like, it's so weird when people just say, my well, wife, my I, wife. I think over a period of time, I agree with that, that you're right. But, I mean, I'm like, if like, I'm... Because I wanted to... Because it would be weird for me, like, hey, man, what's your wife's name? Well... Like, what's her right. name? But it's like this. If if you're hanging out with somebody, I mean, if you're hanging out for months, yeah, you should use the name. But I'm like, if I'm just hanging out with you and I'm just telling you a story, I may go, my friend, my brother, my sister, my dad, my mom. Yeah. I'm not telling you their name, because it's just a, something that I'm telling you, and it's easier to just go. My wife, my wife is picking me up. My wife's picking me up from the gas. From no, the all that today. is normal, and I get that. But it's there's certain people, and I'll just say men because I've just noticed it with men, probably because I'm looking for a reason to hate them or something. But it's weird when when you notice that a guy just always uses his never uses his wife's real name, especially when you have somewhat of an intimate relationship with the guy. That you know, like maybe like all of his friends' names or his coworkers, but you just his wife is nameless. She's just some sort of phantom in the background. Anyway, yeah. all right, we're gonna get out of here. Go subscribe to my YouTube. Watch my Montana video. It's very fun. Uh, I got. I'm gonna do a video about the private plane that I took. I just got really wrapped up in that Montana video. Yeah, in uh, Creed, I think too. And I have a series of those videos about being on the road. Where uh, they've they've changed. I mean, I've been doing them for about three years, but I don't have very many. I mean, I have like six of them, but I think they're pretty fun and they've evolved over time. And uh, they're always it's always changing. So I'm gonna do some more. I'm gonna try to get a good one while I'm in LA this week because I'm gonna go to a bunch of different clubs and I'm gonna be there for for a little while. So uh, subscribe to my YouTube. Check those out. Comedy Central coming out May 16th. Thank you, Hannah, my wife, uh, my wife Hannah Hogan. For being here with us uh she was gone last week i was gone the week before it's nice to be back with you hmm. i'm gonna go eat that ben and jerry's yes you are all right we're having a good time